the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you by The Athletic, the sports subscription news website and app containing all the necessary information, including articles, podcasts, and plenty of more across the entire sports spectrum. All the COVID-19 updates, how much money is being lost across the sports, what's happening with sports that are coming back, stats, free agents, moves, and all the other coverage you need. Visit theathletic.com slash spottrack, S-P-O-T-R-A-C, for 40% off your annual subscription today. Thanks for joining us. My name is Mike Giannetti. I had a plan to dive into just exactly how much money each league is preparing to lose with having fanless sports and potentially half seasons and all those good things. And I just, I couldn't pull the trigger on it. I, uh, not that I didn't want to do the research and I, uh, I'm just a little burned out with it. And I think maybe that's, maybe I'm speaking for a lot of you out there. Not that it's not important. It's certainly important. And it's certainly something we're going to hammer on soon. Maybe when there's a little bit more clarity, uh, but it just seems like that's all we're talking about, and understandably so, but I'm going to take a break from it because it, it really does seem like we're turning a corner here. We do have a little soccer back. There's supposed to be another NASCAR event tonight, weather pending. Uh, golf is on the way, as we mentioned last week on the show. The NCAA just approved workouts for both basketball and football, so that's promising, even though the states really are going to be the, the end result of that. So we'll see. And then, of course, the NFL is just going on schedule. So, like I said, it seems, it seems we've turned a corner from a sports perspective. There are too many big uh, big mouths saying this has got to get done. We've got to get back to sports. So I'm under the impression that, to some degree, it's all going to happen, including baseball, which might be the ugliest at this point. Uh, there's been plenty of talk out there about these reports and these offers and what the owners need versus what the players think they deserve and you know, that's certainly a show in itself, and possibly we'll get there. <laughs> but like I said, let's take a small break from that. Here's what I want to do today. I, uh, you know, this is what I would normally be doing in the middle of May for Spot Trek anyway, which would be sitting down and really starting to evaluate true, true NFL extension candidates for the, for the rest of the summer, for the next season, anyone who's sort of coming up to it, major players who are going to need a big payday. So I'm going to focus on one player today, somebody we've mentioned, oh, dozens of times in the past 24 months or so, and rightfully so. He's kind of the last piece of this quarterback puzzle to fall. I'm talking about Dak Prescott, of course, and it wouldn't be the NFL offseason if there wasn't a Cowboys player who was in a contract dispute. That's just sort of been (laughs) the lay of the land the past couple of seasons. Last year, of course, it was Ezekiel Elliott who took us right down to the wire. Remember, he was in Cabo in like the middle of August. tweeting saying nothing new yet and then oh by the way week one comes and he's got his hundred million dollar contract we can go forward from there okay I'm going to get pretty uh, pretty down into it with Dak because I've been asked often plentifully you know is this going to get done what's the price going to be and my answer has to change every time it just has to because uh, this is not one size fits all and the, what the Cowboys do generally isn't the norm they are their own kind of entity. Jerry Jones, of course, is a one-man show at times. So it's tough to evaluate. Certainly we get a reports out of Dallas, and there's some really smart people who put these things together from time to time, and I really trust a few of them. And I've done my own homework. 
plenty of times. And that number has changed plenty of times. So that's the, the lay of the land with this. Uh, when something like this drags out to the degree that Dak Prescott's situation has, you have to kind of flex as the market around it changes, as the, the, the financial situation of the entire league changes, which is what we're dealing with right now. There's a lot of factors. And my latter point there is, is going to come into the, this evaluation process that I'm going to give you here because it actually takes some of Dak's leverage away a little bit, in my opinion, what the situation we're in. I'll get there. Let's just dive into this. Dak Prescott, of course, is an unsigned franchise tag candidate. That's what he is. He has been offered an exclusive $31 million franchise tag from the Dallas Cowboys. Exclusive meaning he cannot negotiate with anybody else right now. Any kind of offer for Dak Prescott, you know, be it a trade, has to go directly to the Cowboys, and they deal with it. We've heard nothing about that happening. We have, I don't imagine there's been any teams that have reached out and said, we want to give you two first for Dak Prescott right now. It's just not the right offseason for that. <laughs> there was a surplus of quarterbacks available to the degree that Andy Dalton's getting paid $3 million to back up, Jameis Winston's getting $1 million to back up, and Cam Newton's home right now. So that's, the, uh, that's how that worked out. And we sort of saw that coming with the youngsters that were coming into the draft, the three years of four to, you know, three to four really legitimate quarterbacks drafted who are starting quarterbacks now in the league. The retirement of Manning was already replaced – there were just a lot of pieces already in place. Bridgewater was kind of one of the X factors. Andy Dalton was a bit of another one. Uh, those, you know, those have all fallen. Those pieces have all fallen at this point. So it's just really Cam. By the way, Vegas still has him going to New England. I don't see it. I think New England is fairly settled. A uh, little bit of breaking news with them. They did just extend safety Patrick Chung for about $600,000 worth of cap space this year. Whatever. That's fine. Another uh, heady... Defensive back getting a good contract. We've seen that a bunch this offseason. Uh, they, they've clearly proven they've liked him for the last almost decade or so. So no, uh, no grims about that one at all. Back to deck. Back to the quarterback landscape. Here's why I'm bringing this up now. I'm bringing this up now because we haven't heard a thing about numbers and extensions and, uh, and negotiations happening with Dak and his agent Todd France from CAA, CAA and the Cowboys. It's been radio silent. There's been plenty of other things going on, of course, but we haven't heard specifically anything about that. What we have heard is that Houston and crazy Bill O'Brien do appear ready and willing to pull a trigger on a Deshaun Watson extension, and that matters. That matters to the Dak Prescott people, to the Dak Prescott's situation, and certainly to Dallas because, uh, I mean, it's in the same neck of the woods here, right? Right down the road in Houston. Uh, they're they're going to make Deshaun Watson the highest paid quarterback in football, one way or another. There's a really good chance <laughs> for a couple of reasons, one being Bill O'Brien's sort of a wild card. We really can't put our thumb on what he's going to do next. We've seen that for three years now. There's a really good chance that Deshaun Watson becomes the first 40, man, $40 million per year player because of what he's worth to that franchise, because of the moves they've made to secure that he's the guy, right? They, they, they got rid of a high-paid wide receiver to trim – financial fat there because they didn't want to pay that they wanted to pay the left tackle and now they're going to pay the quarterback and that's life they've got cheap running backs they've got cheap wide receivers they've got really cheap tight ends a fairly fairly average paid defense maybe a little bit of an underperforming defense we'll see if that comes that comes together this year but it from an offensive standpoint it is clear that they have prioritized the left tackle 22 million dollars a year for laramie tunzel and now it's going to be deshaun watson that's what i mean 
There's no reason to believe he won't be the highest, and I think he's going to reset this thing up to $40 million. There's a really good chance of that. So if that's what we're talking about, if the next couple of months or maybe even a month or so, we see something like that, and Dak's deadline is July 15th, that's, that's the franchise tag deadline to extend a player, that means Dallas now has to shift gears in about six weeks. They've got about six weeks now to, to re-up wherever they are right now. So if they're still at $34 million a year, $106 million guaranteed, that's where they, I believe that's where they were not too long ago in their last official publicly offer here. If that's still where they are, and Deshaun Watson goes and gets $40 million and $120, it's a whole new ballgame. And the likelihood that Dak Prescott is signed to a multi-year deal, in my opinion, falls off the face of the earth. I think he is just fine with playing on $31 million this year. Let's start with the evaluation process, and then I'm going to throw some tidbits in as we go. Okay, so step one of evaluating where a guy like this, where a quarterback on a franchise tag needs to go to get to a multi-year contract is the franchise tag number. I've mentioned it before. It's $31.4 million. It's exclusive. What it means next year is a second franchise tag would be 120% of that value or somewhere in the, in the likes of 37, I believe, if I'm doing the math in my head here correctly. So $37 million. What we're talking about, yeah, $37.7 million next year is the second franchise tag. So over the next two years, if he just plays on tags, if he takes the Kirk Cousins route, we're talking $69 million, and it, it would be guaranteed on a one-year basis. But that's the number. That's the starting point we're going to take with Dak Prescott right now, $69 million. There's no chance for a third franchise tag. It's, it's not illegal. It's possible. But it's a, it would be 144%, which <laughs> turns into about $54 million in change, if I can do that math right. That's not happening, of course, because of a hard cap situation and plenty of more other reasons. But let's just focus on the next two seasons, $69 million over the over the first two that's already done. That's built in. That's, that's an evaluation indicator that locks in the second the franchise tag's offered. So that's our starting point. If, if Deshaun Watson goes and gets $40 million a year, we now have a new metric to get to because we deal with things like three-year cash, first-year cash flow, average salary to some degree. You know, it's, not, it's, it's kind of a sexy talking point, but it, when, it, when, it all, when it's all said and done, it's really about how impactful those first three to four years are from a cash standpoint. But of course, you know, Dak needs, from a marketable standpoint, Dak needs to be the highest average paid quarterback in football. That's where things could get interesting because Dallas could say, okay, now that Deshaun Watson's at $40 million, we can no longer take you there, but we can make our five year offer, which is what they want, our five year offer more conducive to you from a cash flow standpoint. So we'll, we'll pump some more money up front. Look, the, the proof is in the pudding, and this is another where we, place we have to go. When we're talking about cash flow and we're talking about contract structures, yes, we can go and look at Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford and, and other quarterbacks in that age, age range that have locked in deals before. We do that, of course. That's how we start our evaluation process in the beginning. But we also have to look at the other contracts that the Dallas Cowboys have signed, players like Demarcus Lawrence, players like Des Bryant, players like Ezekiel Elliott. How were they treated from a cash standpoint, from a signing bonus standpoint, and certainly from an overall standpoint? Um, and what we know from looking at those deals, especially with Zeke, is that it's important to them to, to make these players the highest average paid player. 
That's a that's an attribute they like to check off because it's marketable. It's marketable. It's really nice to see that you you pen a contract and they are the highest average paid player in the history of football or in the history of running backs or in the history of quarterbacks, whatever it's going to be. That's an easy one because Jerry Jones can take that and wrap it in a bow and send it out to the world and we can all suck it up. Um, but there's a chance that that's not going to happen here. There's a really good chance there. Now, if Dak Prescott's deal gets done tomorrow and Deshaun Watson is still hanging out there, then it is possible. And it's, it's likely. It's, it's likely that Dak Prescott surpasses Russell Wilson's $35 million mark. It's, uh, in fact, it, it's almost guaranteed in my book at this point because of the time it's taken, where his franchise tag lives right now, and like I said, that $69 million over the next two years. Those are big, big indicators. So if we're just talking cash and we're talking three-year cash, nuts and bolts of contracts, the top three-year cash getter in the league right now is Russell Wilson at $107 million. That's not going to do it. That's not going to do it, okay? Because Russell Wilson had had years remaining on his contract when he was extended. So did Aaron Rodgers. So did Matthew Stafford. We're, we're talking about a true rip-up-the-franchise tag for four brand-new years. That's what Dak Prescott's looking for. He wants 20 through 2023, 2021, 22, 23, the next four years, and he wants impactful cash. He wants a ton of money in the first year, and that's it. He doesn't want the fifth year, and here's why. We've talked about it, but here's why. Number one, he wants control as he gets past the age of 30. He wants control over his future. He doesn't want to be locked into a team that he doesn't want to play for or is in a bad situation financially, and he can't get out of it. Or, generally speaking, you know, the cap has risen to $225 million at that point, and he's sitting on a $22 million salary in 2024. Certainly do, you don't want that. And why am I saying that? Yes, we're in a financial crisis right now, and you know there's going to be a season that potentially has no fans, and there's a ton of revenue lost. But there's also TV deals coming, and the NFL can work the TV contracts like really no other sport can. And the NFL will be on TV this off this year. Uh, you know, as long as there are games to be played, they will be on TV, and there will there will likely be more NFL on TV this year because of the situation, which means more TV revenue, which means better relationships, potentially with more providers, right? More streaming services, maybe some international services. They can probably reach out really and kind of take a hold on this television market. And oh, by the way, (laughs) 12 months later now, they can renegotiate all these TV contract deals because that's the timeline we're in. That's the time. That's why getting the CBA was so important this off season to the owners because they wanted to get that in to show that there's 10 years of labor peace so that they can now go to these TV providers and say, all right, time to re- now it's your turn. Let's renegotiate our contracts with NBC, CBS, with Fox, with ESPN, with Facebook, with Twitter, with Amazon, with DirecTV and AT&T. I mean, that's just the, the easy list. There's going to be plenty more options out there. So there's a really good chance that this bad could be a positive for the NFL because, yes, they'll take a hit this year. Every league's going to take a hit this year. That's the podcast I was going to have today, but we're, we're here instead. They're going to take a hit this year, but they can also set themselves up for a gigantic 2021, gigantic from a, a TV contract standpoint. That will, of course, lead to a big, big boost in salary cap in maybe 18 months, right? Not 12 months, 18 months, and then from there forward. So that's why Dak Prescott doesn't want to be locked in five years from now saying, what the heck happened here? <laughs> you know, the cap is insurmountably higher. There are 
a dozen quarterbacks now making way more than I am, and I'm, I'm stuck here on a fifth year I don't want to be playing on. So he wants four years, and he wants four really, really impactful years, certainly three basically fully guaranteed years. I'd say, that, I'd say at this point in time, with all the contracts we've seen, if Dak Prescott doesn't get three fully guaranteed contract years at signing, it's a bit of a miss because he has bet on himself. I mean, he hasn't won a Super Bowl, but he's done enough. If, if Dallas deemed him worthy enough of a quarterback to tag him exclusively, which basically says, you're not going anywhere. You're our quarterback. We just need some time to figure this out. So if that's the deal, then he deserves the guarantees that any other quarterback would receive at, at, at the top of the game. And the three-year cash flow, the one-year cash flow, the signing bonus, all of that. It's all in play right now. Well, most sports are currently at a standstill. It's never too early to start preparing your updated fantasy football draft roster. And there's no better resource than Fantasy Pros. With their flagship draft wizard, Mock Draft Simulator, you can customize any format that your fantasy league plays. Run mock drafts in a matter of minutes against realistic opponents and prepare for any scenario your draft might face. Everything's going to be updated. We've got rookies. we got UDFAs. There's plenty to deal with right now, especially if you're a dynasty draft. And, you know, extensions like Deshaun Watson will matter to you. Get in there, start cranking the numbers out, start figuring out what the heck is about to happen here as we push towards the, uh, you know, the, the preseason schedule and things like that. It's going to come soon, especially with nothing else going on. So keep up with it on Fantasy Pros. Visit fantasypros.com slash spottrack-nfl today. Get a head start on your competition. Again, that's fantasypros.com slash spottrack-nfl. There's really no, well, he's not the best, but, you know, he's not elite. None of those conversations matter. Until some team says the next man up philosophy is over, none of those conversations matter to me. And uh, all we can do is look at the top metrics and say that's where Dak Prescott's going to be with this next contract. The argument is four years versus five. Dallas wants five. They want to stretch the signing bonus out over five years. They want to lock him in. Not guaranteed, right? Those back two years probably won't be guaranteed, those fourth and fifth years. He'll have to hit some roster bonus the third or fifth day of the, of the, of the league year to, to lock in a couple, of, a couple million dollars each year. That's generally how the big guys work, like Russell and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Jared Goff certainly has that in his contract. You know, it, it's not uncommon for these big guys later in their contracts. Ben Roethlisberger has gigantic bonuses early on. Uh, third, third or fifth league day, you know, middle of March, give these guys 5 to $10 million, sort of locks in their place without having to say there's guaranteed money. So I expect that from the, from the Cowboys in those back years. But those first three years have got to be fully locked in, whether they're roster bonuses, whether it's a big, big old signing bonuses and some small base salaries, and that's how they sort of reduce cap over the next two years. Um, it's all on the table, but those three years have to be significantly cash-driven and fully guaranteed, and there's really no buts about that. Okay, so enough talk. Let's actually get to some numbers here. I want to lay this out kind of nicely. And oh, by the way, I get asked this question a lot, so I want to make sure this gets on the record. I mentioned that the deadline to extend a franchise tag player to a multi-year contract is July 15th. They cannot then start renegotiating a new contract with that player until the end of that up upcoming regular season, which I believe this year is January 3rd. Well, that's fluid, of course. Could be four weeks later than that if they have to shift some games around. But as of right now... I believe it's January 3rd. So that's the time frame. So they have up until July 15th, and they can't start again until sometime in January uh, with Dak. So that's aside. Let's get to some numbers. Let's talk cash flow. Let's talk structure. 
Let's talk total contract value. Let's talk guarantees. How's this thing going to work out in my opinion? Of course, this is my opinion. I mentioned looking at the other deals. We've looked at Derek Carr. We've looked at Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, uh, anybody with a, with, a, with a deal in the upper echelon, essentially the next man up of more than four years, four, four or more years. Remember, they're trying to get Dak on five new years here. That's what they're trying to do. And, of course, Dak only wants four. So what's it going to be? Dallas loves the signing bonus. There's just no way around that. They love, they love to keep cap hits low, especially early. And, it's, and, and they're going to be pushing even harder for that right now. Why? Because there's a very good chance that next year the salary cap drops. I mean, if, if there's no fans in stands this year, there's going to be significant revenue lost. Revenue lost means salary cap revenue not available, which means the team salary cap is probably going down. Right now it's $198 million. My guess is if we, we go down the track, I think we're going for the 2020 season, that it will be lower than that next year. And a lower salary cap means less cap space than people th- will be budgeting for, certainly. So I'm going to assume that Dallas is really going to ha- try to use either one of two things, a gigantic signing bonus, and that's why they want the fifth year so they can really push it out, or, and they did this with Zeke Elliott, they've done this with a couple other contracts, they're one of those teams that really uses this approach a lot. A sizable signing bonus in year one, and then a comparable or maybe even bigger bonus in year two under an option bonus, which is really just the second signing bonus for, for players like this. So a double signing bonus, year one and year two, which you'd get a five-year proration out of the first one and a four-year proration out of the second one unless you add some dummy years in, which they do on occasion, which a lot of teams have done, teams like Philly, teams like Detroit, teams like New England. You see that quite a lot. Voidable dead years that are just used to allow the, the signing bonuses to prorate over the maximum five years. So there's some leeway there, and Dallas wants it. Trust me. This is how they operate their contracts. They love the big bonuses. They love to pump, pump the cash into bonuses. Makes it easier on the accounting. Allows them to keep base salaries softer. Sometimes they will add a big bonus the year, in year one, add a big uh, base salary in year two, with the premonition that they're going to restructure that salary and convert it into a bonus in year two anyway. So there's a lot of ways to get there, but generally speaking, I would have to assume that Dak, in our current situation, would be getting a double bonus situation. Signing bonus one, signing bonus two in in 2021. Um, I don't think he cares. To me, that's just cash in hand. He knows he's going to get it. It's going to be guaranteed. Whatever, Whatever that second bonus is, call it an option bonus, call it a roster bonus that locks in six days after the contract, Whatever it has to be, um, it will be guaranteed to him in a matter of no time when when he signs the contract. So that's how Dallas generally does their business from that level. So what are those numbers going to be? My my guess is, and I, I've meant, I've kind of prefaced this the way I wanted to, which is Dallas doesn't want to go four years; they want to go five years for control, and then they also they like to promote. Jerry Jones is a promoter. That's why he sat on a $250 million yacht for the draft. Um, he's going to want some something to take away from this, not just that who won, right? It's going to be who won, Jerry Jones or Dak Prescott. No, there's not going to be any of that. This is going to be a huge contract either way. And here's what I think it's going to be. I think the, that Dallas is going to have to up the ante in a lot of the areas I've mentioned to get Dak to sign the fifth year. I think Jerry wants the fifth year for a lot of the reasons I just mentioned, the, the bonuses being the big one. And he'll get it, but he's going to have to go big. 
And this is what I mean by big. I mentioned Deshaun Watson might go 40 million. We know Patrick Mahomes is going at least there and over there if Watson gets there first. And then, oh, by the way, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, those Baker Mayfield available for extensions next offseason. So there's plenty (laughs) plenty of extension talk to be had here. Here's where I think we go. I think Jerry Jones precedes all of them and says, we're just going to go there, and on paper, right, and you're at your headline, you can, we're going to call Dak Prescott the first $40 million man in NFL history. We're going to give him five years, $200 million. Now, you know, if you've listened to any, me say anything <laughs> over the past decade, that, that it's not actually $200 million. It's not actually five years. But that's a marketable, really nice, easy to, easy to write, easy to report contract, and it's $40 million a year. So it won't be, but you can, you can say it is. That's the number I think we're going to get to. Now, I think 10 to 15 million of that will be uh, incentive-based, right? You got to win the Super Bowl. You got to be an all-pro, whatever it's going to be. Whatever, you know, jargon they can, they can kind of sneak in on the back end to get it down a little bit. But when it's all said and done, if you include all the incentives, it'll be a $200 million contract, I think, over five years. If, if Jerry really wants five years, that's what Dak's going to have to go and get is $200 million. I don't think you accept $35 million a year for five years. I don't think you accept $36 million for five years. Maybe once you get to $38 million, you start, you start thinking about it, as long as the cash flow over the first three years is that good. And what I mean by that is I think it's going to have to be at least $120 million. I think you're going to have to, even if you don't make this thing $40 million a year over five, if you make it $38 million over five, those first three years have going to have to be $40 million a year. $120 million over the first three years, I'd like to see it fully guaranteed. It probably won't be entirely guaranteed, right? Maybe 110 of it, maybe 105 of it is fully guaranteed at signing. And then there's something that locks in the, in the third year, maybe next March. So, you know, if he's still on the Dallas Cowboys roster in a year, then his third year becomes fully guaranteed, which essentially is fully guaranteed. So even though there's a little bit of an out window, they got out with Des Bryant's contract, we just saw, you know, there's some leeway with Carson Wentz. There's, there was certainly leeway with Todd Gurley. Uh, you know, give them a little bit of leeway if Dallas needs it in that third year so that the, the full 120 isn't fully guaranteed. But I think it's going to be 120 over the first three years, which is your 40 per year for three. I think, like I said, you'll get early roster bonuses in the fourth and fifth year. And I think when this thing's all wrapped up and you see all the bonuses and all the incentives and all the salaries, that it can be five years, $200 million, and Jerry can go and sell that to the papers. Um, so that's the number. So what kind of first-year pay? What kind of bonus? He's making $31 million right now, or he would be were he to sign his franchise tag. He's certainly not done that yet. Uh, I think we double it. I think it gets closer to $70 million. Maybe not there, though. That's, I, I do think our current situation is going to pull back on some things, and that's why I wanted to get this out there now before we start to hear some of the nuts and bolts about really what's going to be lost or if there's not going to be fans for sure and all those things. I, I wanted to give a, a sort of an unbiased evaluation about what I think Dak would get in the perfect situation. If everything was still status quo and Dallas was really just trying to push this thing to the deadline July 15th, what would Dak's maximum contract be? So I gave it to you. If, if it's going to be four years, I think you can get down in that average salary. He doesn't need to go and sell $200 million anymore. It can be down in the, uh, you know, the 175s and 180s range. That's fine. That's, I don't think that matters as much to Dak. He, he, like I said, he wants the control and he wants three-year cash. That's really it. It's three-year cash. 
and then it's a wait and see after that. So he wants to be able to wait and see for one year, not two. That's why he wants four, not five. What's it going to look like up front? I said maybe 70, probably a little less than that. But basically what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying is he's going to double his franchise tag compensation this year. And, uh, you know, whatever he would make, whatever he would have made with two franchise tags, 69 million is the number. That's essentially what you can say he'll get. And, th and that works out quite often, by the way. That is a, that's an easy way to start the, to the uh, negotiation process for these agents. Is this is what you know you're probably going to get me for anyway on two franchise tags. And the fact that we saw Kirk Cousins go down it recently, is just, it's just easy for these guys to, to reach to. You know, we saw that happen. We've seen now Kirk Cousins get smaller, fully guaranteed contracts after that. Do you want to go down that route? Do you want to be... Nickel and diamond for a year, but you know, at thirty million dollar cap hits, or do you want to have some control with your cap hits and still get me some compensation? But let's push it all into the first year. So the sixty nine million could probably come all into the first year in twenty twenty, and then, like I said, you can double bonus this so that there's another big bonus next year or some sort of restructured base salary next year. But at the end of the day, if we're talking a five year contract, I think we get to one hundred and twenty million dollars over the next three seasons for Dak Prescott, and then. A wait and see with a lot of dead cap, <laughs> meaning he, uh, he better work out. He better work out. And the, uh, the chips that they've put in for Ezekiel Elliott in that contract that, man, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to get into the running back rant. But that is going to be – that's a big part of this because it's, it's, the, it's the order that we saw the Rams go down. They paid a running back. They brought in a high-priced high – wide receiver and Brandon Cooks, and then they paid their quarterback. Now, the difference there is they paid their quarterback early. Dallas certainly has not done that. They've, they're waiting to the very last minute, and I think they will follow suit. Jared Goff got a four-year extension, but a six-year deal. That's essentially what they're on there. Um, so the fact that Dak's pushing for only four, that's why it's difficult, because a lot of other quarterbacks are being – essentially locked in for five to six years. They're adding four, three, four, five years onto existing contract years. So teams know that they have some control over these players for a good chunk of time. You know, you know, a decent-sized window, which is how these GMs are thinking. They think in windows. And Dallas is certainly in a window to win right now. So Jerry wants to know that he's going to have access to this quarterback for X amount of years. And Dak is thinking exactly the opposite. I'm happy to be here for a couple of years. I'm happy to make some dough that I, that I haven't made yet. And then I want to wait and see and then go from there. So that, that's the battle. That's the back and forth. That's the catch-22 right now. But Dak has all the leverage. He's got all the leverage in the world with these numbers that we're talking about, with the guaranteed money, with the three-year cash. Like I said, Russell Wilson's on $107 million. I think this thing pushes up to 120 if it gets where it's got to go. And if it's a four-year four -year deal, he could see 65 to 70% of that over the first three years. I mean, maybe even more, maybe 70 to 75%. You might really, really drop that fourth year down if you're gonna, just going to throw it out the door at that point and really front load the heck out of the thing. I wouldn't expect that because I mentioned with Dallas that they really are trying to save some cap this year. And, and my last point is going to be this. I mentioned the double franchise tag process and how, generally speaking, that's really good leverage for a player. And you can, you, we did the math at $69 million over two years. Here's where it's a little bit troubling, though. Yes, it's $31 million this year, and Dallas can certainly handle it. They've already got their cap situation pretty much in the fold, although any kind of extension for Dak will certainly improve that. But if it gets to 37-7 next year and the salary cap does drop 
because of this COVID-19 revenue bust. That'll be tough. That will be a tough enchilada for the Dallas Cowboys to swallow all at once. And the second they offer it to them, they're going to have to be able to afford it. And with, you know, with, with Zeke's contract busting up, DeMarcus Lawrence has big cap hits in 2021. There's a bunch of players now. You know, Mari Cooper's second year, con- second year of his contract is a bit of a boom. They would have to restructure the heck out of that, I would imagine, just to get him down to the fold. I, yeah, I would imagine that, um, that Dallas won't want to live on $37.7 million from a cap, from a cap standpoint. Cash, you know, you get Dak Prescott at $69 million over two years, that's basically what they're offering him right now anyway. So I don't think they're too worried about that. And certainly they'd love the, uh, the idea of not having a Rams disaster on their hands where they're just swimming in dead cap and really no way out unless they just basically forfeit it, which is what they've done with a couple of their releases this offseason. Um, or trade, well, trade and release, I should say. So that's the balance. And Dak loses a little bit of leverage there because – if the answer is they don't franchise tag him and he plays on a one-year $31 million contract and then walks, start to look around a little bit and start to do some, some research on where's Dak going to end up um, and, and will he make you know, anywhere near top quarterback money. That's just not likely. We, we, saw, we certainly saw Ryan Tannehill have to go and get a, a wait-and-see contract Jameis Winston just absolutely went to the tank and took the bare minimum to get his career back on track. Teddy Bridgewater has been nicely paid a couple of times to, to, to switch franchises. But just from a necessity standpoint, you know, maybe Cleveland busts out with Baker Mayfield. Maybe the Bills don't think Josh Allen is the long-term answer. But I don't know if they're going and, and, and bringing in Dak Prescott, a near-30 Dak Prescott, who will be expecting – top of the money line, you know, top of the line money where they could just go back into the draft and find themselves a a late first or a second round pick. Um, It's going to be a balance. Yes, Matthew Stafford's probably out after 2020, so Detroit would be an option. Other than that, I mean, everybody's fairly happy, fairly happy. New Orleans would be an interesting spot. You know, the, the Giants could give up on Daniel Jones at that point, so you could reunite Dak with Jason Garrett. I guess that could be a storyline at some point in time. But I just don't – you know, you know I, I opened this thing by talking about how Cam and Dalton and Winston and, and that lot kind of struggled to find themselves a new home when it all came down to it. When they finally got to the open market and their contracts allowed them out, they, uh, they didn't have much success. There were, certainly weren't franchises sitting there offering tens of millions of dollars. So there is a lack of leverage there. If Dallas, at the end of the day, says, we're not, you know, I'm, if I'm completely wrong here and Dallas says, no, no, we're, there's not a chance we're going $200 million over five years, we're going we're gonna to stick with their five years, $105 million guaranteed. Those are the numbers we want. Those are the numbers we want to we live with, especially in the current times. We're not budging. And Dak says, fine, I'll just play this out. He's playing with fire. He's playing with fire because... Again, $31 million guaranteed right now to sign it or take Dallas's offer, which would guarantee him $105 million. You can do the math. <laughs> you can do the math. So if Todd France, his agent, is sitting there thinking like I'm thinking and he's looking ahead thinking, all right, it's not, a great, it's not a great era for a free aging quarterback right now. It's just not. So if Dallas's play here is we'll pay it for one year of premium money 
and then we're going to go back in the draft, or we're going to acquire Jordan Love from Green Bay, or whatever it's going to be. I mean, even those options exist, people. <laughs> you know, Jalen Hurts out of Philadelphia. Um, it's not a great time to be a free agent quarterback, even if you're damn good, because, you know, Alex Smith getting good money to go to Washington after a, tra- a sign and trade, essentially. Teddy Bridgewater getting good money to go to Tampa, go to Carolina. But we're talking mid-20s. We're not talking high 30s to 40s. That's the difference right now. And, and there's going to be a breaking point. I mean, that, that narrative is really starting to heat up. There's going to be a breaking point where you're not going to see Baker Mayfield be the next man up or Josh Allen be the next man up. So one of these teams is just going to say, it's not happening. You're a great quarterback. We want you for three more years, but it can't be top-of-the-line money because top-of-the-line money, yes, it affects the rest of our cap, and you can say there's always cap. We can make it work, of course, but, they should, but teams shouldn't feel obligated to go the next man up with some of these quarterbacks. And maybe Dak's one of those players. Maybe that's how a lot of you feel. I don't think we're there yet, so I'm not going to put this conversation in, in that conversation together. I still think Dak is in line for next man up in all the categories. He has finished his contract. He has a franchise tag in front of him, which is the placeholder. He can sign it and play on it. It's good money. Um, you know, and then his 2021 is murky, is my point. Or he can keep his foot down until July 15th at 3.59 Eastern. And Todd France can say, this is our deal. This is the deal we have to get. And if Jerry pulls the trigger, fine. Otherwise, the, the franchise tag exists. Or vice versa, Dallas can say, all right, you're going five years, but we go here. We go here. And they come at some sort of compromise. And like I said, there's incentives built in that, that are, you know, win us the Super Bowl, get yourself to an all-pro, throw 30 touchdown passes, whatever it's going to be. We've seen tons of those built in. Carson Wentz's contract is an is a incentive performance-based nerd's dream. If any of you get, get a handle on that, um, it's just every year has some sort of escalator, de-escalator, you know, throws this many passes, plays this many snaps. And it, rightfully so. I mean, it's been, it's been an up-and-down career to, to, to boot, so you can understand why Howie, Howie Roseman went the way he did. But we're seeing that a lot more, is my point. Jared Goff has plenty of them as well. And uh, I would expect that that kind of creativity would have to get built in here. And, you know, one of the concessions can be, we'll go five years, but we'll also throw in, we're not going to franchise tag you after that. So after that five years, you're free to go if you want. So there's some back and forth. There's a lot of little monikers like that that you can go back and forth on to kind of to, to build the compromise up. I think it gets to five years because I think the, the, the point I've made here that will, that will resist the most is I can lock in $31 million right now and I can see where we go next year or I can just take $105 million fully guaranteed and play ball. And thirty and one hundred and five million is a heck of a lot more than thirty-one. <laughs> um, some sort of version of that, I think, is where we get. Do I think we get to five years, two hundred million dollars, one hundred twenty million fully guaranteed over the first three years? Probably not. That's that's maybe a little reckless. But I'm thinking from quarterback agent standpoint. If I'm a quarterback agent, that's exactly where I go, because all the points that I hit, the marketability, the how far I'd have to reach to get myself to that fifth year if I'm Todd France and Dak Prescott right now, right? You're going to have to show me the world to get that fifth year in there. Well, $200 million would be the world, in my opinion. So 
there's a lot of back and forth, and there's going to be a lot of back, a lot of back and forth. And the monkey, the elephant in the room, and the monkey wrench, and this whole process is Bill O'Brien, and that's a terrifying thing to say, by the way. But if Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson get it done in the, in the coming weeks here, and it is as big as it could be, and as reckless in it as it could be, <laughs> in in true Bob fashion, uh, that's going to up the ante. That is certainly going to up the ante, and those. You know, that offer last January that I mentioned that I'm referencing, that $105 million guaranteed, that's going to be child's play at that point. And you're going to have to really retalk this whole conversation and understand what, what Houston did with Deshaun Watson and then modify your Dak Prescott offer accordingly. So lots to talk about. I'm not even going to mention Mahomes here because I think Mahomes waits for all of this, all of this dust to settle. Uh, Prescott, Watson, and the COVID situation. I think he just wants to I, – I, I truly believe that the Chiefs and Mahomes just want to go play ball and, and try to repeat, truly. I think this is – let's keep the money out of this. Now, <laughs> you win two Super Bowls and possibly two Super Bowl MVPs in a row and then try to pay that player, that is going to be a whole other podcast for sure. But uh, I, I think Mahomes probably stays out of it for now. I could be wrong. But I do think Watson is very, very involved with contract discussions right now. And that will have an effect on Dak Prescott if they try to wait till July 15th for his, his deal. So I hope you enjoyed this. This was uh, some nerdy stuff, but at times we like to really just do this and dive into a single player, really understand the monikers of the, of the contract and how these teams structure them. And it is team by team. This isn't a one-size-fits-all. So this discussion was really driven towards De- the Dallas Cowboys. And then, like I said, me thinking of the, like a quarterback agent might be thinking, which is, I, I'll give you this, but you got to take back this and things like that. Um, but... I think the biggest point to, to leave with is at some point in time, the next man up philosophy is going to break. It's going to bust. It's going to bust. Which quarterback will that be? We are not sure yet. I think the two I mentioned are definitely possibilities in Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen, and that would be next year or in two years that would be because they'd be on fifth-year options next year, and then after that we'd have to wait and see. So plenty to unpack. We'll probably come back in a couple of weeks with another evaluation, maybe a Jalen Ramsey um, you know, maybe we'll have a Deshaun Watson contract to talk about at that point as well. So we'll stay on this stuff this offseason, try to bounce back and forth between the different sports as well, especially as they come back and as this baseball plan comes to fruition. We will certainly be on top of that. Hopefully baseball is back on our television screens soon. My thanks to The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash track S-P-O-T-R-A-C, for 40% off. My name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Track Podcast.